Good morning. Cindy and I are on vacation this Sunday and next. We're actually aren't here. I'm just trying out our new green screen. Isn't this fun? This weekend we're in Old Forge with the whole family. I'm very delighted to finally not be the only boy. It's been a hard burden to carry all these years. Looking forward to how that affects movie choices, but I digress. Next Sunday, we will be with my parents in Massachusetts, and Will Krebs will be speaking. Will is a student at the Chiropractic College and has begun leading our middle school and high school youth groups. Will is best known for being married to Angelica, who's our church administrative assistant. Please contact Angelica or anyone else on our leadership team if you have any questions or need help with anything while we are away. This morning, I want to reintroduce you to Josh Gagnon, the pastor of Next Level Church, a multi-sided church based out of New Hampshire. Remember, today's message is not just about filling a Sunday when I'm away. It has thought, prayer, and anticipation behind it. We want to bring you someone who wouldn't necessarily be able to come in person. I trust you won't find watching a message on the screen an obstacle, but in just a few moments you'll settle in and enjoy or engage with a speaker that has a life-changing message for all of us. Before we get started, would you please join me in prayer? Gracious Heavenly Father, we just thank you for technology and the way it can assist us in celebrating you and learning more about you. I pray that our hearts would be open to the message that Josh has for each one of us. I thank you that for their willingness to share uh, their resources with a church like ours. Father, may you use this again in each one of our lives, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Hello, Seneca Community Church. My name is Joshua Gagnon. I have the great honor of leading a church called Next Level Church. And I know your pastor, Pastor Dave, and I'm so thankful for him, his family, all that God is accomplishing through the wonderful work within your community of Christ followers. I'm so honored by the opportunity to teach to you today. It's not over. It is not over. I was walking in the Lego store with my kids. They love Legos. And um, I don't really like the Legos. Uh, they take too much time to deal with. And uh, I don't like stepping on them, of course. Parents, can I get a witness? Right? You're like walking on the, you're walking, and you're like, what in the world? We got spikes. Hey, what is going, nails in the floor? And it's just the little Lego sets all over the place. I went to dinner last night with my kids, and they had these little Lego people that they were building. Next thing I know, they're on the floor. Malachi's laying on the floor. I'm like, get up. You don't lay on the floor in a restaurant. I can't find my Lego piece. I'm like, what do you, who cares? It's a Lego. It's Batman. I'm like, I don't know about Batman. I don't know about Robin, but I know you need to get up, right? And so it's like, these Legos create a little bit of animosity in our home. So my kids were in the Lego store and they're like, dad, dad, can we get this one? Can we get this one? I was like, oh, I don't know, boys. That's 4,124 pieces. Last I checked, I still wipe applesauce off your cheeks, right? It's like, last I checked, that's a little beyond. They're like, Dad, please, come on, let me, can I get it? Okay, so they talked me into buying them this 4,124-piece Lego set. And they were taking me around, like, we did this one, we did this one. I was like, all right, I'll buy it, we'll do this, okay? Now, 
the Lego set was this huge roller coaster, this huge roller coaster set. And you know that Lego boxes on the outside, like this one right here, Lego boxes on the outside, man, it looks so good, doesn't it? Like that, that roller coaster that they had, I was like, ooh, that thing's sharp, right? That's good looking. Like this right here. Who is this? Yo, Yona is, um, <laughs> I'm just playing with you. I know this is Yoba. I'm just, <laughs> I know, that's a joke. so Yoda here, like Yoda here looking at Yoda, like you look at it and you're like, dad, I want that. Cause that looks awesome. Like I want it in my room. I want to sleep with it, right? I want to put it there on my end table and look at it. And that's what they think when they see an outside of the Lego box, right? You're with me. It looks so put together. It looks, it looks so neat. It's tempting. It's like, I want it. It looks put together. So you get home with your kids, right? In this box here, we've got 1,771 pieces, okay? I came home with 4,124 pieces. So we get home with the box, and let's just, let's just look at this one here. And you're like, oh, this is an awesome picture. And the kids are like, yeah. All right, Dad, let's build it. Right? And you're like, you're, you're like, look at all these pieces. And there's even baggies of more. You're like, what is, what is going on? Like, look at all these pieces. I don't get it. I thought it looked like this. How do I get this? Like, I, I didn't want all of this. And so... So we pour it out on the table, and that's when it hits you, right? That's when it hits you that in order to get this, you have to deal with this. And this comes with all sorts of frustration. Moments where you're wondering if you need to go back to first grade, right? You're like, I know I can read some things, but this isn't making sense right now. What does this have to do? Oh, actually, this is part of the sword. What would you call this? <laughs> you guys are nerds, right? You know all the answers, right? You know all the answers. You're like, you're like, where does this go? Where does this go when I'm looking at this? Right? And, and you realize that there's all sorts of pieces now that are going to represent moments of frustration Moments of endurance, patience, like you want to work on your patience, pour that on your table, right? Patience, bitterness, a lot of bitterness happens, tons of opportunities to fail. Like each one of these pieces, they represent Another opportunity for failure, another opportunity for bitterness, another opportunity to get angry, each one of these pieces. You know, in, in the book, It's Not Over, one of my favorite chapters is chapter five. And it's the chapter where I talk about 4,124 pieces because God taught me so much through this Lego moment. And here's... Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a journey on this because here's what I know. I know this. 
I know that, that when God gives you a dream, when God gives you a hope, when God gives you a passion in your heart, here's what I know. You see it in your heart as a full picture. Like when God gives us a dream or a passion, something to hope for, it comes like a full picture, right? So for instance, you have a dream to someday get married. Like you in your heart, you see that as a full picture, right? You, you see it as this, this white picket fence, never fighting, always cuddling on the couch, no B.O. Like you see it as like, it's just, it's just, it's this picture in your heart, right? When, when God gives you a dream in your heart, a prayer to pray, and you're praying over a sickness, or you're praying over your children, or you're praying for that miracle. You can almost see it in your heart as a miracle that takes place. It comes like the outside of a box experience. When God gives you that passion for a new job, a new career, you can almost see yourself in that position. It's so clear. It's a God-given dream. It's in your heart. God placed it there to overcome that addiction, to walk in joy, to defeat discouragement and depression. We have these dreams in our heart. You see your child giving their life to Christ, even though today maybe they're not walking with God, but you can almost visualize it in your heart. The freedom, you can see it. It's a God-sized given dream. And here's the thing with the God-sized dream in our heart. We can see it. But, but when it's handed to us by God, it's, it's not handed to us put together. God hands us these dreams, like the inside of a Lego box. And he says, okay, you see that marriage? You see how I'm going to restore it? You see that miracle you're praying for that you're believing me to show up in? You see that addiction you're fighting against, you're trusting for strength in? You see that business you want to start, that college you want to attend? You see that relationship? You see that bitterness you want to overcome? You see that dream, that thing in your life you know you got to keep pressing into? You see it? Well, guess what? It's, here it is. There it is. And it's going to have a lot of endurance. There's going to be a lot of frustration. There's going to be a lot of needed patience. Because when God gives us a dream in our heart, it does not come put together like the outside of the Lego box looks. He gives it to us and says, now put it together through faithfulness, obedience, in my presence, in my strength. Here's the dream. Now start building. Start trusting. Fight through the pain and the endurance and build. And you and I are like... <laughs> <sighs> never mind aren't you like me you're like god i'm really praying right now it's been i've prayed four times one more time god i'm trusting you to heal my body i'm trusting you to heal this relationship i'm trusting you for this miracle i'm done i'm done thank you god that was thank you for your time thank you right i'm trusting you for my marriage god you're gonna restore that relationship it, i'm still trusting you god and all right, never mind, never mind. I'm trusting you for that business. I'm trusting you over our finances. I'm trusting you over that addiction. I'm trusting you, God, to show me your peace. I'm trusting you. And 
And the reality is, is, is so many of us right now, we've got all these tables in our life. And they look like this. You know, the funny thing about a child is, when my kids are five years old, right? They're like, I want to be Superman when I grow up. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's awesome. And they're like, yeah, really, dad, watch. And they like jump off the stairs and slam into the ground. And I'm like, whoa. They're like, I still got to work on flying, but I'm going to be Superman. I'm going to be Superman. I love that. I love it. I love that life has not talked them out of hope. I like that the, the past hasn't broken their desire to dream for greater. I love that when they look at the outside of a Lego box, they don't see all the failures of the past and wounds of the past and allow that to predict what they're going to build for the future. But I love that when they dream as children, they don't dream through the eyes of scars. They dream through the eyes of hands that were scarred. And I love that. I love that faith. And I don't know about you, but I don't live with that often. Just keep it at 100. I often look at my dreams and they're scattered in different rooms with tables full of Legos that I've stopped building because I've given up because God hasn't moved when I asked him to or in my timing. I'm going to challenge some of you right at the beginning of our conversation. Some of you have tables that you've given up on because they're full of Lego pieces and you've walked away from dreams that God has not ever expected you to leave. He desired for you to keep building. You gave up way before the miracle, but the miracle was still on the way. You walked around the city one, two, few, few times for the walls to fall. And some of us say, we, got, we just got to keep going, keep building, keep building. The Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. If you can't tell, that is our, our driving verse for this series. Every single book I sign, I write Proverbs 13, 12. Why? Because it's so, so, so powerful. Hope deferred makes your heart sick. Hope deferred causes us to look at the dreams that we once had and look at the progress that we've made and walk away from the dreams we once had based on the progress we're seeing. Hope deferred causes us to look at the prayers we were praying in faith and boldness, believing God to move, yet look at what God has done up to now and begin to walk away from the prayers we once prayed because we haven't seen the progress we once hoped for. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. So here's my question for you. And then we're going to get into some text in the book of 2 Kings chapter 4. If you have your Bibles, you can go there or your smartphone. If not... I wrote down the verses to put up on the screens at all of our locations. I've completely manipulated them and made them say what I want them to say. <laughs> You'll never know unless you read the Bible and find out if I was lying or not. Remember this. What you see as pointless, God could use as purposeful. What you see as wasted time, God may be seeing as miracle time. What you see as, as so pointless. Where does this red one even? They made a mistake. I picked up the perfect one for what I was about to say. <laughs> where does this red one go?
Can we, do we? There's a bunch of red ones. What you see as meaningless, what you see as pointless, when God sees as purposeful, here's what I know. Where I go to church, they play with Legos. If I don't appropriately place these red ones where they go, this won't happen. What, what I see as pointless, God sees as purposeful. When you look at your life and you think, why am I going through this storm right now? Where are you, God? What you see as pointless, God sees as purposeful. Where are you in this relationship, God? Why haven't you moved? Why do I keep putting myself out there just to get rejected? What you see as pointless, God sees as purposeful. You see, the problem is, is when, when we look at things that we think are pointless, we walk away from what God may be doing in his purpose. 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1 through 2, we're going we're gonna to meet a widow whose husband has died, and she sees something she has as pointless, like a red Lego, but God sees it as purposeful. One day, the widow of a member of the group of prophets came to Elisha and cried out, my husband who served you is dead. Very important to understand. He served God. So she's upset. He served God. He served you. And you know how he feared the Lord. But now a creditor has come and they're threatened to take my two sons away as slaves. What can I do to help you? Elisha asked. Tell me, what do you have in the house? She says, nothing at all, except a flask of olive oil, she replied. Elisha said, what do you have? And she says, nothing at all, except a flask of olive oil. I don't have anything at all except this red Lego that doesn't make any sense. What you see as pointless, God can use as purposeful. Nothing at all except this little, little flask of olive oil. For many of us at all of our locations, you can relate to this widow, right? You're in a season of life where you feel like you have nothing at all. You're living in turmoil. You feel like your patience has run out. Your hope has run out. Your career isn't going where you hoped. Life isn't what you once dreamt it would be. What do you have? Nothing at all. You see, this, this lady was so discouraged by her circumstances, she forgot what it was that she had. She was so focused on the brokenness around her, she forgot that what she had, God could still use. Olive oil in this day was, was very important. It was used for cooking. It was used for medical purposes. Olive oil was used to light lamps. She had something very important. Olive oil was used to anoint priests in this day. Olive oil was important, but she saw it as pointless because she was too focused on what was before her in pain, that she wasn't walking in the purpose that God could fulfill. Some of you may feel like all you have is a little, but today you're gonna realize that God takes what we call a little and he can do something great. You may feel like you have a little bit of faith and I get it. 
But God actually said, hey, listen, if you just have the faith the size of a mustard seed, I can, I can do miracles. He takes a little and he does miracles. You may feel like you have a little bit of talent or you're looking at somebody who has a little bit of talent. But with faithfulness and obedience, God can use you in amazing ways. I only have a little bit. I only have a little bit. I only have a little bit. As long as you focus on what you don't have, you will never put to work what it is you do have. I was uh, laying in bed one night when uh, Boogeyman came in. And I was super scared. And Jennifer was like, what are you going to do? I was like, I don't know. What are you going to do? And so she talked me into getting up and I went outside to confront the boogeyman. And the boogeyman was a balloon stuck in the ceiling fan, creating shadows and sounds that made me want to cry and run. You know, the reality is, is sometimes what we see as pointless, God sees as purposeful. And the perspective that we're walking in presents for us a false reality. And when you don't feel like you have enough, you begin walking in a heartbeat of someone who is defeated. When you begin to feel like you don't have enough, you start to walk defeated. You start to walk like a victim. When you feel like you don't have enough, you start to walk as somebody who's defeated. Like this lady here, I don't have enough. I don't have enough. So here's my question to you. What do you have that's valuable? What do you have that's valuable? What little do you have that you can put to work so that God can do a miracle? You may have just a little bit of faith right now. You may have just a little bit of hope. You may have just a little bit of fight left in you. You may feel like you just have a little bit. And far too many of us, we get to this moment in life where the Legos are scattered around the table. We don't feel like we have enough and we walk away. I'm asking, do you have a little bit left? A little bit of fight left? A little bit of faith left? A little bit of trust left? Because God can do a lot with a little. The story goes on and says, Elijah said, borrow as many empty jars. Everybody borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors. Then go, go into your house with your sons and shut, shut the door behind you. Go in and shut the door behind you. Pour, pour olive oil from the flask into the jars, setting each one aside when it is filled. So she did as she was told. Her sons kept bringing jars to her and she filled one after another. What she saw as pointless, Elisha says, here's what God wants you to do. God wants you to go. God wants you to borrow, go, shut, pour, and set. Borrow, go, shut, pour, and set. That's what God tells Elisha to tell her. You see a little, but here's what you want, you need to do. You need to borrow, go, shut, pour, and set. Here's what we often think. 
We often think when our table is full of scattered Legos and we're wondering what direction to go and we want to walk away from the dream in our heart, the hope in our heart, the prayer for our miracle, when we want to walk away, what we usually do is we usually think, God, you haven't done it, so I'm done. God, you haven't moved, so I'm giving up on faith. I'm giving up on you. I'm giving up on this relationship. I'm giving up on this prayer. I'm giving up on these finances. I'm giving up against the addiction. I'm giving up fighting this depression. I'm giving up, God. I'm defeated. I'm broken. I don't have enough. I don't have enough. Well, well, here's here's what Elisha says. Elisha says, Elisha says, don't look at what you have as not enough. Understand, it's time for you to put your muscle alongside of your miracle and borrow, go, shut, pour, and set. Do something to get something. Step out in faith. Faith without works is dead. Go for it. Start working towards what it is you're believing for God to do. We often like magic miracles where we just say a prayer up to heaven, look around and expect it to happen. God's saying, what I want you to do is I want you to borrow. I want you to go. I want you to shut. I want you to pour. I want you to keep building piece after piece after piece after piece because the dream I gave you in your heart could not be accomplished overnight, but it's going to take a lot of pouring. It's going to take a lot of borrowing. It's going to take a lot of shutting. It's going to take a lot of faithfulness. It's going to take a lot of late nights where you get on your knees and you believe God can and will still do the impossible. It's going to take a lot of times where you take your thoughts captive and you say, get behind me, spiritual enemy. My thoughts are being taken captive. I'm going to keep building. I'm going to keep pouring. I'm going to keep setting. I'm going to keep believing. I know that the doctors say one thing, but my God says another thing. My marriage still looks broken, but I'm believing. I'm pouring. I'm setting. I'm going to continue to believe that you can do what it is you can do. Because who am I to look at a table of Legos and judge the character and the goodness of my God? My God is not defined by scattered pieces. My God is defined by his goodness, his power, and his goodness is never wasted. Borrow, go, shut, pour, set. Some of you have given up on your miracles because you're sitting on your hands. It's time to borrow, go, shut, pour, and set. It's time to get going, do something to get something. Faith without works is dead. There's two types of miracles. There's the God alone miracles, and we love those, don't we? Those are the best. Those are those rare times in life where we pray for Yoda to show up. God, I'd love to see Yoda. <gasps> like that's, those are those moments in life where it's just a God alone miracle. You pray and God shows up. You pray over somebody who's sick and God heals them. You pray over your marriage and God restores it. You pray over your finances and money falls out of the sky. You pray and God moves. God alone miracles. And those are great. And those are the ones I like best. But you know what type of miracle typically happen in my life and in yours? Are God alongside of us miracles. God alongside of us. It's us putting our faith in obedience to work and God then showing up and doing what only he can do through our faith and obedience. God alongside of us miracles where we're working towards the marriage of our dreams and God gives us the strength to continue. Where we're, where we're working towards breaking that addiction and God's giving us the strength to continue. Where we're praying for God to move 
but our prayers are aligning with our disciplines and God moves you see this is a miracle in scripture it's an awesome miracle we're going to experience but Elisha didn't say God said just go sit in the closet and wait for the oil to pour no Elisha said God said go borrow go borrow steal go shot steal do what you need to do all right I didn't say steal but but he said go It's funny, when you look at Next Level Church, right? Here we are, 11 years old as a church. We started with 12 people and $200 and nothing, nothing, nothing. And now by God's glory and grace, we have many people who attend and lives that have been changed in many locations. You know, when we had 12 people, I didn't just sit on my hands and pray that God would build this church here in this region and now in others. Me and the team, we, we, we went after the miracle. We chased it down. We showed God that we'd be obedient, we'd be disciplined, and, and we would work. Our faith wouldn't just be words. Our faith wouldn't just be prayers. But our faith would come alongside of our obedience to do anything possible to see people meet Jesus. And now today, there's thousands of people who are giving weekly to support this vision and to keep the lights on. And now it's just a lot more people working really hard. But I promise if we stopped praying, sat on our hands, and stopped working towards the dream we're praying for, we would see things begin to crumble. For me, I'm going to pray as if it depends on God, and I'm going to work like it depends on me. I'm going to pray as if it all depends on God, but I'm going to give it all I have. And I'm going to line my life up with what it is I'm praying for. Far too many Christians are praying prayers their lives aren't aligned to. Borrow, go, don't steal, but shut, pour, and set. Soon every container was full to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said to one of her sons. There aren't any more, he told her. And then, very important, and then the olive oil stopped flowing. Very important. When she told the man of God what had happened, he said to her, now sell the olive oil and pay your debts and you and your sons can live on what is left over. The little bit of oil was used for the exact miracle she needed it to be used for. Your little may feel little but your little given to God can turn into exactly what it is you needed and it exactly what it is God can use now don't miss this one part one more time back it up one time it's not like a dancer up here in then the oil stopped flowing And then, you know what I love about this moment? Don't miss this. The oil didn't stop flowing until they ran out of jars. God's provision didn't stop flowing until they ran out of jars. It wasn't like, all right, the oil stopped. Okay, guys, 
No, it was, bring me another jar. There's more provision here. Bring me another jar. There's more grace here. God is providing. Bring me another jar. And they said, we don't have any more jars. And then the oil stopped flowing. You see, that tells me that the oil was never going to stop flowing as long as they had enough jars. That tells me that God's provision was never going to end as long as their faithfulness aligned up with his provision. As long as they were willing to keep building and keep being faithful and keep doing what it is God has called them to do, God's provision was never going to dry up. And for some of you today, you're here and you're giving up. You're giving up because life appears like a bunch of Legos just scattered throughout because the dreams you once had are shattered. I want you to know you may feel like all you have is a little bit left. And you may feel like you want to give up, but God can take your little and he can turn it into your miracle. If you're willing to align your life up and be obedient to building what it is he's placed in your heart to build. If you're willing to continue to be faithful, to trust him when things don't seem to be working well, to pray and seek him first. If you're willing to keep bringing the jars, God will keep bringing the oil. But the moment you stop bringing the jars, don't start complaining there's no more oil. Don't complain that God's not providing when you're not bringing the jars for him to fill. Don't complain that God's not answering prayers when you're no longer praying the prayers that you once did. Don't complain that God hasn't healed your marriage when you cuss one another out and speak words of death nonstop. Don't complain that God's not helping you break an addiction when you're stepping into places and turning on the computer and getting alone to look at things and do things and drink things and sip and smoke and... Don't get upset when God's not moving and filling your jars when you're no longer bringing the jars. You see, we complain about finances, but we don't do what God said to do financially. We complain about relationships, but we don't do what God says to do relationally. God's provision won't run dry, but our lives need to be open containers in which he can fill. And some of you feel dry right now spiritually. I feel like God just moved me in a different direction, so I'm going to go there. At all of our locations, if you feel dry spiritually, just poke your hand up right now. Just raise it up in the air. Don't be shy. Just be honest. Here's what God just spoke to me. You're the jar he wants to fill. But you've got to be a willing vessel positioned in a place where he can fill you. Your life is what he wants to fill. The Spirit of God just showed me that it's not just the miracles and prayers that he wants to perform. It's a life of you filled with the Holy Spirit, overflowing in the love of Christ, for the love of God, for the love of others, unto God. And so it's not only the jars we bring to him for miracles he wants to fill, it's the soul that he's given you he wants to fill. And for some of you today, you have to bring your whole self before the spirit, the, the, the loving God, and say, God, fill me to overflowing. Fill me to overflowing. 
Let me be the container, the jar that you want to fill. And I'm not going to move away while you're filling me. I'm not going to step into church and sense your presence and worship you and then jump out on Monday and live a life completely opposite of you, away from the oil you're pouring out. But I'm going to step into what it is you're doing all week long so that you can continue to pour into me your goodness and your glory and your love and your grace. I'm not going to live a life that steps underneath the oil and then outside of the oil. But God, fill me to overflowing. Continuously fill me. Let's pray in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray right now that we would be people that you would fill. Lord God, and as you fill us, we would collect jars for the miracles we're praying to see. And God, that you would allow us to see miracles. Allow us to see dreams that are born. But God, allow us to also be the containers that are staying where you've called us to stay before your grace and your love and you're pouring your presence and your spirit out on us. As you continue to pray, let me articulate it the best I can. We have to live lives that are open to the blessings of God, the anointing of God, the grace of God, the love of God. Open containers to where he can continuously fill. And just like the oil didn't stop flowing when these jars were needing to be filled, God doesn't want to stop filling us. But I think far too often we step outside of where it is we should be. And we step outside of his filling. And so as you continue to pray at all of our locations, let's become people who allow God to fill us with his grace and his goodness continuously this week. Let's get before him and allow him to fill us this week. And as he fills us with his goodness and his grace, and as we become the light of the world, the salt of the earth, and as his goodness rises up within us, as people around us see us as children of God by the way we love him, the way we love others, as the fruit of our life manifests itself in the communities in which we live, in the homes in which we live, as our marriages are changed because we're continuously allowing ourselves to be filled with his goodness, his knowledge, his love, his presence, his word, as we continue to keep ourselves open to his speaking, may we then gather jars and stay faithful to the miracles that we're seeking for him. Now you know why I thought this was a powerful message to share with you. Josh's book, It's Not Over, Leaving Behind Disappointments and Learning to Dream Again, is available at Amazon. Uh, we have a copy in the resource center. That's why I'm doing this last summary here. Also, there are three more parts to this message series. You can find them on YouTube. The link will be posted on our Facebook page later on today. At this time,